Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. So now that we've talked about that, let's talk about what's new and noteworthy in our community. Um, I think, you know, like we've talked about in the past couple podcasts, and we, as we've said before, we can't get away from it. COVID vaccine updates. Yes. Woohoo! Yay! Uh, One more step towards freedom. uh, (laughs) Small steps, small steps for humanity. Yes. Uh, Well, Biden announced he wants all people to be able to sign up for a vaccine by May 1st. Uh, This is moving it up by about 30 days. And I think what we need to clarify, though, is this is signing up for a vaccine. This is not getting a vaccine by May 1st. So he's saying that all states should have signups available by then. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's going to be hard for some states, though. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I I think the goal, and he stated it in his speech, was that by uh, 4th of July, you know, everyone should have the opportunity to be vaccinated. I I think there's a couple things that, I think there's a couple things that are going to prohibit success here. One is that people don't want the vaccine. Very good point. At all. And sorry for the heavy breathing, everyone. As you can tell, Kelly has joined us in the room. So our mascots are playing. Our mascot. <laughs> I wish we could take like us. a picture of them right now. <laughs> you know, I'd love it. I'd love to like have the visual for you all of her <laughs> snorting into my microphone. <laughs> but she just charged into the room and she was like, I'm gonna snort for you. Yay! Uh, but in any case, she's not. She just got really excited about vaccine updates. And <laughs> <laughs> as we all are. No, I'm just I'm just thinking like people just need to be realistic about this. There's a lot of people who don't want to get these vaccines. So we're looking at that population not being vaccinated. We're looking at, um, I think, some people who can't get the vaccine, like these people with allergic reactions. Yeah. What's going to happen with them? Um, we're looking at the variants that we don't know how these vaccines are going to react against the variants. You know, I love to throw this like cold water on hope. And- <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true though. <laughs> it's all true. But for the most part, this is like really, really good news because even with all of these things, it means a good proportion good number of people in the, at least in the United States will be vaccinated by the summer. And, you know, we, we're now officially on a year of this, of this 
kind of lockdown and and being isolated from one another and to be honest just to get a little bit a little taste of freedom is huge it's absolutely huge um, and doctors are saying that these vaccines are safe for a lot of people with autoimmune mm-hmm. diseases i still say check with your doctor absolutely about you personally but for the most part that everything i've been reading they're saying that they're safe yeah um, and then in other good news, the stimulus bill was passed Yay. and signed. So um, this past weekend, the check, they, they're saying that people will start to see the money hit their bank accounts and that checks would be issued. So for especially for people struggling with their medical bills, for people struggling to pay their rents and their mortgages, um, and a lot of the things that I think Spoonies really struggle with, those stimulus checks can't come fast enough. Agreed. Agreed. They said that they're going to be possibly dropping, you said this weekend, right? Something this, this past weekend, they'll, okay. they'll start and then, um, so, so we'll start to see people receive them. It's so and, exciting. I'm so and excited. I think there's a, there's a website you can go to to check also. Yeah. If you if you're supposed to get one or if you, if you didn't get one and like by the time you're supposed to get one, um, if you didn't get one and you think you're supposed to get one, you can appeal that also. Yeah. But there's, there's, it's just really good news. This is something that is very much needed for people. Very much. What we pay taxes for guys. This is what our taxes go to. That's right. It's our money. So that's the new and noteworthy section, and we're going to move into what this week's topic is all about, and that is the wonderful world of brain Brain fog. fog. (laughs) Oh, brain fog. And like, I just like, if I had it right now, I would play some like spooky music (laughs) and uh, maybe get some like dry ice machine and like have some fog move in if this was visual the fog was perfect because <laughs> that's literally what it feels like like you're moving through fog you can't see where you're going you're just aimlessly moving about aimless is really good um technically technically the definition is a lack of mental clarity due to an inability to focus or remember things. Sounds, that's so technical, but it's right. I mean, there's no clarity when you're in a brain fog state. And most of us with chronic illness have brain fog as one of our symptoms. I I think when I was, it's one of the first things besides fatigue that hit. And it usually goes hand in hand, I think, with fatigue. I agree. I, I know. I know. For me, I at first I was like, "Oh my gosh, I think I have early Alzheimer's. I'm forgetting things. I can't find anything. What is happening to me? I'm not remembering anything." And I was freaking out. You know, I I couldn't. I've never been good with names, so don't get me wrong. But like, I really couldn't remember names. That's scary. Um, scary feeling and now now i struggle with remembering words 
like I'll, I'll be speaking in a sentence and I'll, instead of like remembering the word horse, I'll be like, you know, that thing that lives in a barn and it has four legs and a tail and a mane. And I have to have someone tell me, you mean a horse? And I'm like, yeah, horse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's true. If, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Cause it is so cry. true. I'm like, wait, I had like an amazing SAT vocabulary. Where has it gone? <laughs> the brain fog has moved in. I don't in. actually think I forget the, the 14 letter words. I really think I forget the four and five letter words, to be honest with you. It's the simpler things that I think I'm now forgetting. In Which can be fog. worse. Um, or like, I mean, Nicole, you've, you've told, you've said stories about things you've done and you've forgotten like putting your keys in the fridge god that's happened more than once i've i've left things on the stove that were cooking and i don't even remember putting them on the stove that i started to cook um so when i know that my brain fog is coming on i can feel it and it gets progressively worse i don't cook you know i won't i won't if i do i set a, a timer on my phone so i remember that oh oh my God, I was doing something. Um, I don't remember. I've gone to work on the wrong day. Um, I use the wrong words constantly. I mean, I, I, I know what I want to say, but I feel like kind of like a stroke patient where you can't get what's in your brain to your mouth. That's very yes. common for me. I definitely, definitely lose words all the time. Um, I used to never be like this, but even something I... I really, really, really know very well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Um, I forget if I leave the house sometimes, if I don't have every tiny little thing written down, it will not get done. Yes. It, it's just everything has to be written out. Um, everything, you should see my notes in my, in my phone. I mean, my notes have every single thing I do for every minute of the day or it doesn't happen. It used to be that I just thought I was a visual learner and that I thought that everything had to be written down when people would give me instruction because I thought that, oh, you know, it's just that I'm a visual learner and I, I just don't, you know, get it when people tell me things. It just doesn't stick, right? And then it just progressively got worse and the brain fog really, really keeps me from remembering what people will tell me. I, I can't, I can't remember the things that they say. So I will oftentimes just tell people to email that to me. Thanks. You know, I got it. Just can you email that to me? So I don't forget. Yeah. Um, I don't tell them I have brain fog. I just will say, can you email that to me? So I don't forget to do it. Um, and then I'll email you when I'm done, something yeah. like that, you know, just, or I'll just grab a piece of paper and write something down really quick. Like people cannot give me directions verbally, um, especially if I'm in a really bad brain fog state, because it's not going anywhere. Like you're not going to, you're not going to break through the fog that's in my head. Nope. You're, you're just not anymore. Um, no, I, I don't know that there's a day anymore that I don't have some sort of brain fog going on. Yeah, me too. I, I have um, people tell me all the time, um, you just said that, or you told us that story, but now everyone around me is used to the fact that I, I will tell you the same story or my thoughts probably three to five times before yeah. I don't continue to do that. Right. 
Yeah. The memory is just not there anymore. Um, but it's, it, brain fog is just, it hits people a little differently, I think. But in, in most instances, it's a lot of times like heaviness in your brain, thickness in your brain, um, not being able to remember even things you've been doing for years. Like I, it was my grandfather's birthday um, this past week. I was supposed to post a picture on Facebook. My mom sent it to me. This should not have been difficult. She sent me the picture the day before. And I mean, like the night before it's, I saw my sister post the picture. I saw my mom posted her picture. I should have remembered to post my picture. This should not have been difficult. I was so foggy and I was so out of there. And and I, my brain was moving in different directions and trying to do too much through all that thickness. Mm-hmm. And I didn't write it down. And next thing I knew, I woke up the next morning and I was like, I did not post my picture for my grandfather's birthday. Yeah. And it's really hard for anyone that's never experienced brain fog. I really feel like it is kind of hard for us to even explain, but right. it's really hard for someone who's never experienced this to really comprehend how discombobulating it really is. I mean, it throws you off. Because everything we just talked about, if someone were listening to our conversation, would just be like, you guys are just forgetful. Yeah. What are you talking about? Everything you just talked about, you guys are just forgetful. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not forgetfulness. It's it's totally, you know, like there's your, your productivity decreases because of this. You don't have the concentration. Like I find myself bouncing from one idea to the next idea and I don't have ADD. I don't have ADHD. I just can't concentrate on one concept for too long without like basically giving myself a headache or losing interest in it. Um, I, I just can't do it anymore. So I have to have other things I can move on to and then come back to it later. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really difficult. And, and I didn't, that's not who I used to be at all. Um, I, the forgetfulness has always kind of been there, but it's gotten worse. It's just it gotten a lot worse. worse. Yeah. Uh, the lack of motivation. Ugh, awful. And I think that comes hand in hand with the fatigue. So you have fatigue. So anyone who has like chronic fatigue or any of the chronic illnesses that you have major amounts of fatigue and then you add in brain fog with it. So now you're tired and you have a, what I call a thick head. Yeah. Like your head is just surrounded in jello or this like brain fog, right? And now you're tired and you can't think right. You now have low productivity you're not motivated to do anything because you think you're just going to, whatever you do, you're going to do it wrong. Exactly. Like, like, like when I have really bad brain fog, I can't type properly. 
my letters don't come out right. It's all over the place. Because um, just cognitively and motor function, it all just goes out the window. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I feel like I have a really severe AD, ADD as the only way I can explain it. I mean, like there is constant stream of like little thoughts maybe is a good explanation. And then it's gone. I mean, almost immediately it's, and I think to myself, okay, I got to write that down, but it's gone sometimes before I can get to write it down. And then there's more and more and more. And I just feel really loopy and kind of out of it. And, you know, I'll it, go to lay down. Like, it doesn't like help. Kind of almost like you're on drugs. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you're not on drugs. No. But it makes you feel like you're high. I mean, it's. Yes. Without the good side of being high. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't get the pleasurable side of being high. No, no. That's what I was trying to tell family one day. It's like you smoke a joint and you know, you're kind of like looping and out of it. And, and I'm like, but only that never goes away. It, it, it just, it's always present. <laughs> it's always present. And it feels heavy. Like my brain fog will sometimes feel really heavy on me. Like there's a weight on my brain, like a, like almost like a, a like something is like constricting my brain yes. and I can't get it off. And it's like heavy and thick and, and it won't go away. And, and sometimes it's, but sometimes it's also a headache, which, because I suffer from migraines too. So I, you know, the brain fog can turn into like a major migraine. So I have to be really careful about the brain fog and pushing myself through the brain fog. Cause if I try to push myself too hard when I have brain fog, then I give myself a migraine. Migraines are the worst. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love them. Don't you know? Oh yes. A migraine with some brain fog. Migraines. <laughs> yes. But it, you know, it's really hard to like be really functional in your job, be really functional in your life, be really functional when you have all this brain fog. And I, I think we all struggle with how do we function? How do we live with this? Because, you know, when you're coming home and putting your keys, like, you know, Nicole saying she puts her keys in the fridge or we leave our, our stuff on the stove for too long, or like, I can't type when I'm, I'm on my computer or we're struggling to find words and we're in the middle of a presentation in front of a board of directors, yeah. you know, how do we function? You know, I know not everybody listening to this is, you know, a lot of people listening to this have jobs that they have to try and maintain with their illnesses. Um, a lot of people are in school and trying to do school with their, you know, with their chronic illness and trying to work through all that brain fog. How do we, how do we main, you know, we want to be successful. We want to be productive. You know, some people are trying to take care of their families and their family life while, while, while they have, you know, the, their chronic illness, their fatigue and their brain fog. So, you know, we have to find ways that we can work around the brain fog, work through the brain fog without pushing ourselves so hard that we hurt ourselves. So that, you know, there are some things we can, we can do, but I think the number one thing we have to do is be good to ourselves. We have Absolutely. to take care of ourselves and we have to know, like I say, if I push myself too hard through brain fog, I get a migraine. I have to be forgiving of myself and know where my limits are with my brain fog. Me too. 
Me too. Um, I have to be, I have to be, I have to give myself a lot of grace because sometimes I beat myself up that things are the way they are, that I forgot something that was really important mm -hmm. and I feel really guilty. And, you know, I just get really down on myself and then I'm like, I can't help this. This is not something I'm doing on purpose. Right. None of us are doing this. I, I think, again, we talk about this on, um, we've talked about this on the past couple episodes. A lot of us would do almost anything to get rid of our chronic illness and, and yes. have the life we wish we had. Um, none of us are asking for this brain fog and, but we have it. So we have to be kind to ourselves when it hits. Learning where our limits are, knowing, like for me, knowing that if my fingers aren't going to work right and I'm not going to be able to type words, I need to stop in that moment. It's like, it's not going to work right. for those moments. So I need to find something else to do Yeah, right then. Um, or if I'm starting to push myself and I can feel that tingle that happens right when I'm about to go into the headache zone, I, I'm, I need to stop. Definitely. I need to stop in that moment. Or if the fatigue is getting to be too much, stop. But also don't beat yourself up about it. Be kind, you need to be kinder to yourself than other people might be to you. Definitely. Self-compassion um, self is very important. Yeah. Uh, another tool we can use, and, and I think we talked about it a little bit, and Nicole, you especially talked about it, write things down. You know, even if you have to carry like a little journal with you, Yes. You know, if that's easiest, if your phone writing in the notes section is the easiest, whatever works best for you. My phone yeah. works best for me because it's something I go to constantly. So I have tons, <laughs> tons and tons of these little notes, but it really works because I will yeah. remember to go into my phone. Yes. You, and there's so many tools out there for keeping track of tasks. There's, you know, there's Trello. That's um, a project manager. There's, um, you've the notes on your phone, there's Evernote, there's, you know, your calendar app. I never leave a doctor's office without putting my next appointment in my calendar. Me they too. love to hand me the little card. And I laugh at that because that's so getting lost in my car. Um, so I don't leave the doctor's office without that next appointment going in my calendar on my phone. Me too. And, um, yeah, I, I have, I have a written notebook for tasks that I need to get done that day, but also I have an online task book for long-term tasks. There's just different tools that I've used for different things. Um, you know, for instance, in, in my, my job, we have a, like a, a plan for a project, you know, project plan See, this is where brain fog stuff comes yeah. in, trying to find words. Yes. <laughs> Project plan um, where people have different assignments and, and things like that. And so it's always putting things in there. And like I said, telling people, can you email that to me? Because I always knew to check my email and I would go through those emails and put those into my task lists, smart, setting reminders for myself on stuff. I have reminders to take my pills. I have reminders now to feed the dogs. I have reminders for all kinds of things because I don't remember. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I mean, I've even, I've even come to the point at times where I've forgotten my medicine and it's so routine for me to get up, you know, get some water, mm -hmm. take my medicine. And I will, a couple hours later, I'm like, did I, 
I didn't take my pills and they were in a pill. What else see here? I can't yeah. think of words. A pill container thingy. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> in the pill box. Yeah, the, thank the, you. The, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I look down and I'm like, how did I forget my meds of all things? I think the I think that goes into our next thing, which is to develop habits and muscle memory. Yes. And so for you, you have that that pill box. That's how you remember. For me, I have a reminder that comes up to take my pills. And I don't turn that reminder off my phone until my pills are taken. So it stays up on my homepage of my phone until I take my pills and then I dismiss it. Oh, so I have okay. a specific routine that I do. So I, I know that if it's still up on my phone, I haven't taken my pills yet. And, I didn't try that. And well, but see like someone say like my dad, who, by the way, does not have brain fog, but he's older and forgets things now because he's older. Let's just say that he'd get mad at me if I said he was an old man, but he's older and he forgets things. So what he, he does is he puts his in a pill container that's labeled by like day and hours. Mm-hmm. And then he has reminders in his phone, but he, he doesn't follow the same system as I do. He just goes and takes it. Like immediately when the alarm goes off? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's better about it than say I am. But sometimes too, if you're, I mean, you know, like your alarm goes off and your pills are sitting like across the room and you're exhausted and you have brain fog. I mean, you're not, it takes me a good half an hour to kind of get into the you know rhythm of being able to move and, and function. So by yeah. the time that half an hour is over, I'm like, my alarms, you know, if I set one is gone and then I don't remember anything. Exactly. Which that's, but that's also part of why I leave that thing up on my phone because I'll get distracted by things that I'm doing again, because I have this fog in my head and I can't concentrate on more than maybe one thing at a time. If I'm even concentrating on that, you know, like I'm looking at that one thing and sometimes I'm just staring at it because brain fog can be that thick that day, but the thing can come up on my phone and I might be distracted by the one thing I'm working on. And it might be an hour before I look back at my phone and I'm like, Oh, I still haven't taken my pills and I have to go take them. So, and they could literally be in the cabinet next to where I'm standing. It's just so developing, but it's just about developing the habits and the muscle memory. Like I know that that's my habit. I don't dismiss that from my phone. Like you said about putting your keys in the fridge, it's a muscle memory for me to hang my keys in a certain place. I was just going to say that. Yeah. But there's sometimes where I don't remember that I even have my keys in my yes. hand and I don't know yes. why I, I put them in the fridge. I don't know why I've laid them. I've laid them in so many crazy places. I've forgotten my purse at the store. I, you know how attached I am to my phone. And I have forgotten my phone a zillion times and like people at Meyer will call me, you know, and say, oh, hey, we see your, what do you call it? And come get your phone. I, it's yeah. just, it's embarrassing. So they have these things now, these bracelets that you can attach your keys to. They're like a, a bracelet and like you can attach it. And I was like, oh, those are, look awesome. I think I need one. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. I was like, oh, that looks awesome. And um, I might want those. Because it's setting down of the keys. Like a lot of times I'll like just throw my keys in the basket when I'm walking around the store. So I don't set them down on like a shelf or something. Because yes, I do that. That's one type of brain fog. Mine will be like, I'll go to get out of the car 
And it's, it's muscle memory for me to, because my key fob doesn't work anymore to lock my car. So I have to lock the door as I'm getting out. One of these days I'll take it in and see if I can get that fixed, but I have to lock manually lock on the door and then shut the door. It's a muscle memory for me to look in my hand to make sure I have my keys and then lock the door and shut the door. Except there are times when I will be walking into the store and I'll be like, oh, did I leave the keys in the car? What do I do with the keys? I don't know what I did with the key. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. And and it's just because I, I just can't concentrate. And again, people will be like, no, Kelly, that's not brain fog. That's just because you don't remember. It's just because your brain's moving mm-hmm. too fast and too many. There, it's not the same thing. I know that there's days when my brain is moving too fast and in too many different directions and I don't have brain fog. I do have those days, but there are days when it's brain fog and I, I don't know where I am sometimes I, or I just like stare into space. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally zone out. But I do think developing habits and developing muscle memory is a good way to like, even when you're in brain fog, sometimes your, your, your muscle memory and your habits will just take care of things for you. Now, if you're developing muscle memory, Nicole, that puts your keys in your fridge, you are in big trouble. (laughs) Oh yes, that is so true. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I read when I was doing some research into this though, that I didn't use that I thought was great was to keep a log of your brain fog Um, and when it's worse and when it's better, like tracking days, tracking time of day, what you eat, um, what you drink around those times, um, to see if there's any type of pattern to your brain fog. It's a fabulous idea. Yeah. And I didn't think about doing that. I I've done it with my migraines and I actually discovered a lot of things with my migraine headaches, but I didn't think about doing it with brain fog. So I, I might try that. Now with my brain fog and start doing it. I don't know if it will read any insight, but I think it's a wonderful idea. I think it's a wonderful idea too. If I, if I could remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've actually started just so you guys know, I've started keeping a symptom journal. I just Mm -hmm. bought like at the dollar store, I bought this like little notebook. Um, It's really cute. It's got cactuses and tacos on it. That is cute. Just in love with it. Yeah, my little girl side came out, and I <laughs> like I was like, it's got cactuses and tacos. I can't believe you didn't send me a picture. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll send you a picture later. Did you forget? Um, no, I just didn't think you'd want cactuses and tacos, but it's really cute. That being said, it is my symptom journal, and every day I log symptoms Great so idea. that I can see patterns, so I can go to my doctor and say these are the things that have been happening. And because when I go to my doctor and I have brain fog and I can't remember to tell the doctor all the things I can go. And on March 9th, I had a hernia like pain on my right hand, right side when I bent over. Yeah. My doctor, my first rheumatologist encouraged that. She gave me a, a, sheet of paper that had actually the body on it. And you can, she wanted me to circle like what areas where I had pain, if it moved, um, if it did move, was it worse? Mm-hmm. Um, she had all, and it, it was all written on there. So I could write numbers like one to 10 sometimes or just got worse. It was an aching, stabbing, dull pain. And it yeah. was really helpful to see a pattern in my flares. 
yeah. and I stopped doing it, of course, but um, probably um, if I forgot, but I mean, that is a phenomenal idea. Yeah. So I, I'm going to start logging my, you know, I mean, I've been logging like kind of when my energy depletes and all that, but I'm also going to start tracking my brain fog and like what I've eaten before I get foggy, what the, what the weather's like and all that type of stuff to see if there's any type of pattern to my brain fog. That's you never know what idea. you'll find. That's very I, true. Cause I do find if I have too much sugar, uh, sugar really heavily affects me. So if I eat candy the next day, my brain fog is much worse and my pain is much, much worse. Well, a lot of people that's like sugar is an inflammatory mm-hmm. food. So, so is dairy. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of people, if they eat dairy or sugar, will find that that, that impacts them in a huge way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really good to, to log different things and you know, your pain, your brain fog, your emotions, all of that type of stuff. Um, and so even when you're feeling better, like yeah. I had a great day today, uh, log that because you want to, you want to see patterns. You want to figure out like, why, why are some days more painful? Why are some days more foggy? Um, but I thought that was great advice. I just didn't think about logging brain fog like that. I didn't either until you brought it up. Some other things, uh, movement, exercise. If you're able to do, you know, go for a walk. If you're able to do any type of exercise, you know, when you have brain fog, sometimes that helps alleviate it a little bit for some people. You know, I, I can find myself getting going deeper into brain fog if I sit at my desk too long staring at the computer. So sometimes it's good for me to close my computer and go do something, even yeah. if it's just like, going downstairs to get a glass of water, moving away from it just gives the brain a chance to adjust to something else, change a little bit. I'm not sure it oh, it completely clears it away, but it can sometimes help just lift it a little bit. And then also some another piece of advice that I thought was really good is do something that gets your brain moving differently. Like do a crossword puzzle, knit, paint, Um, I like to make paper flowers, listen to some music, you know, if you're handy around the house, like do something that way, but do something that just gets your brain moving in a different direction. Yeah. And even if it's hard to focus, even if you can read for five minutes, it Mm -hmm. still is good for the brain. You know, I'll try to read an article or I have, um, I had a DS where I played the brain game thing, whatever. Yes. I think that's what it was called. And that actually really helped me. I did it every day for a certain amount of time to keep my brain going. And that and was also encouraged by doctors. There's games you can download on your phone yeah. or your computer too, that have those type of games on them. Yes. And those are encouraged. Absolutely. Um, for me. Yeah. It's a lot of crafty stuff because it's, it's the movement in the hands and I don't have, to, it doesn't, it doesn't make my brain work too hard. Okay. Like it, I think it uses a different part of my brain that isn't as bothered by the brain fog. Um, So I like to do that when I have a good amount of brain fog, but for other people, it it can be other things. You just have to find something that works for you. Yeah. Another piece of advice, this one, it's, it's breaking big tasks into smaller, more manageable ones which I think is great advice before you have the brain fog. Agreed. <laughs> I don't 
like, so I find it hard when you're in the middle of your brain fog to be able to take that big task and think enough to break it down into smaller tasks because you're yes. already so foggy. The reason you're having a problem with the task is because it seems unmanageable because you're in this brain fog. Now to try and say to someone, well, you're in this brain fog, just break it down into smaller tasks. Well, you're foggy. Your, your, your brain is jumbled. It's hard to break that down now. If you could absolutely, have, if you could do that, you would have already done it. So I think when you have a large task and you know you suffer from brain fog, do that as soon as you have clarity from absolutely. your brain fog. Break it into ma- small manageable tasks in like a planner or something. Write out the small manageable tasks so that when you do suffer from your brain fog, when that brain fog hits you have that reference point. You can say, okay, I, the big thing is like super duper overwhelming. And maybe these five tasks I can't deal with right now, but these three, I can totally do in this brain fog. Yeah. Preparation really is the key when you're sick. You know, I mean, thinking about things before they happen, you know, there's a, there's a lot of planning that goes on when you're sick. There really is oh gosh, so much. It's just like, Oh my, it's overwhelming. But I mean, like even the thing with the, uh, my pill holder, <laughs> my pill case has yes. really, really helped me because there were so many days where I would get up and maybe go bake coffee first, come back up. And I'm like, did I, or did I not take my pills? But now every day I know I just have to look down and I can say, okay, I, I screwed up. I didn't take them because they're still there. So little things like that for me, you know, make a huge difference. That preparation is, is, makes a world of difference and you just have to do it on that one day you have a little bit of clarity, or if you suffer from a lot of brain fog and you tend to not have clarity, just try to do what you can in small Mm -hmm. doses Mm -hmm. right now. But yeah, when we have big tasks, I think it's easier to break it down into small, manageable ones. Mm-hmm. But to tell someone that when they're in the middle of their brain fog, oh, just break it down into small tasks. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I can't even think right now. Like, I couldn't spell my own name if you asked me to. I can't break this thing down. Mm-mm. Definitely uh, not. <laughs> like, it's not happening. No. So I love the advice. Uh, just take it with a grain of salt. And try to do it when you can do it. Um, But as soon as you have that list, it's going to make it your life so much easier. Oh, it really does. And, you know, don't feel bad if you can't do any of these things. If all you can do is rest, do not feel bad. You are sick. You know, it's you can sometimes all we can do is lay down and there's nothing wrong with that. I agree. And there's been days where I have had brain fog so bad that. I just laid on the couch all day long, turned on the TV and just stared, like turned on some old episodes of old TV shows and just stared at them. Couldn't have told you anything that Mm -mm. happened on a single show. Actually, a lot of times I I don't even remember what I watched, Yeah, which is why I tend to choose shows that I know really well and nothing new. I was going to say that. Yeah, definitely. Like probably turn on a lot of um, Marvel movies and stuff. Cause yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Well, Batman. you know, I turn on Twilight or Buffy or something. Yeah. You know, like I've seen you a million times. You're great. Yeah, um, then, you, then you don't feel bad for missing like the big parts, you know? Right. Cause you know, the big parts, yes. no big deal. 
Yeah. But you just sit there and you just have it on because you can't think about it. Exactly. And you, and you don't want to think. And you sit there, but like, this is why people will say to you, but you don't look sick. And you're like, I don't know your name. Who are you? <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> I know you. You you work in that department. What's your name again? It's like it's hard for me to understand what you're even saying to me right now. <laughs> Wait, are there wor- are there words coming out of your mouth? That's right. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. And in five minutes, I won't remember what you said. Yeah. Can you email your concerns to me? Can you email me that you think I don't look sick? That's right. Yeah. And I can email you a whole list of ways I am. Yes. Because that's, you know, our favorite thing from last week's episode. (laughs) But you don't look sick. That's the whole thing about brain fog is that's my one of my favorite aspects of chronic illness because it's the number one thing that like a lot of us have and we don't look sick when we have it because like you don't look crazy no you don't look like there's no actual fog around your head like you wish you could have like a cartoon drawing around your head with like little birdies yes you know like at least telling people you can't think so you just kind of walk around in like this haze but no one can see that haze so People don't understand that like, yeah, you are sick. You can't think. And all you want to do is sit and like veg basically. Yeah. And you have to try and find ways to make it through your day sometimes. And sometimes you just can't because sometimes that brain fog is just really like there's been days I couldn't even keep my head lifted up. Oh, yeah. There's been days where I I think to myself, how did I make it through that day? Like, did I did I do anything that was correct? You know, and then I start oh. to worry, did I do stuff that I don't know that I did yet? Some <laughs> like mistakes, you know, and I'm going to find out about later. So it's very anxiety producing yeah. too. Or days when I won't, I, the, where the brain fog has been so heavy where I'm like, I'm not going anywhere because I should not be driving a car. Agreed. I've had to stop myself because I'm like, I should not be behind the wheel of Mm-mm. a car because I don't think I'm going to know what's happening or I am driving and the brain fog will suddenly come on. Yes. I've had that happen. That's, that's been really scary moments for me where I've been behind the wheel of a car and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm just really disoriented and things are getting foggy and I'm like, "Hmm, okay, what errand do I need to run right now? And then I need to go home. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I, I shouldn't be driving. Mm -hmm. I just shouldn't be driving right Mm -hmm. now. Uh, and that, that can get really scary yeah. when it comes on when you're out. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of things scary about brain fog. Yeah. Cause it doesn't always come on when you first wake up, Nope. which is also terrible <laughs> when yeah. you wake up in a brain fog, yeah. but it sometimes comes on when you're just wide awake in the middle yeah. of a day. Yeah, it's terrible. And sleep doesn't always fix it. No. If it did, we really wouldn't have it, you know, because all of us would just take a nap and get up and we'd be good. But sometimes like today when I took my nap, when I was real foggy, I woke up and I felt worse. And I normally never feel worse after a nap. And I laid there for an hour and I I felt so out of it. And And I think that the the difference that we need to talk about for people is, you know, when we're talking about brain fog and chronic illness, there are some people who don't have chronic illness that understand brain fog. Yeah. It can happen to people who don't have chronic illness. Right. People who have allergies. 
a lot of times understand brain fog because either their allergy medication makes them foggy or their allergies themselves make them foggy. Very true. So they, they can understand it, but they understand it in a very temporary sort of way. They get a few hours of brain fog, they're done. Um, but I think people with chronic illness deal with it in much longer terms and, and in a heavier sort of way. You know, we'll get brain fog for a week. Yeah, could be a month. It could, yeah. And, or we'll get brain fog so much that you're non-functional, just completely non-functional. There, there's some, there's been times where I've gone, oh, you know, you can go almost non-verbal because you just completely stumble over. You said it like you're almost like a stroke victim. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me a lot watching, you know, working with stroke victims for so long. That's what it feels like to me that like I've had a stroke where I can't recall words, times, you know, a friend of mine called me the other night and she was talking about all these memories and there were three huge memories. I had no idea. And I racked my brain. I had no idea what she was talking about. And there were funny, you know, memories that I should have remembered. And I'm like, are you sure it was me? She's like, I think I even have a picture of you. (laughs) I was like, great. Oh my God. And it it gets that bad for me though. Yeah. You almost feel like an Alzheimer's or dementia patient and you're not, it's all there. It's just, it's so hard to dig through the jello. You know, you're not digging through cement. You're not digging through all that. You're digging through jello and it's so icky and thick and terrible. So, I mean, kind of bringing this episode around because we've been talking about it for a while, but it's really hard and I think most people in the community understand brain fog. I think we understand that we, almost all of us experience it. I don't know. I don't know that I've researched any chronic illness that didn't have some sort of brain fog associated with it. Yeah. Uh, And I I think we can come together on, on supporting each other through that brain fog. I think there's a few things that we can take away from the conversation is to be nice to yourself um, when you have brain fog. I think another thing is, you know, try to work with your brain fog, not against your brain fog. So do, you know, create some good habits, like writing things down, mm-hmm. uh, keeping a log, move around a little bit, sleep when you need to, just create good habits around your, your brain fog and, and work around it um, and ask for help Yeah, when you need help. Um, again, come to the community um, when you need to vent, come and come and just discuss it, see what other people are doing, talk to other people, you know, come to the Facebook group, say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this brain fog issue. Does anyone have any helpful advice? And, and that's for any issue you're dealing with with chronic illness, yeah. you know, come to your, come to your Facebook groups, come to your other groups, come to Instagram and, and post there and say, gosh, you know, I totally forgot to do this thing today because my brain fog is whatever. How can I get better about doing these things? Or yeah, how can I make it up to this person? Or what do you guys do when it gets like this? Because we all have different things we do. So maybe one of those things works for you. So ask for help, be nice to yourself, develop good habits. I think those are the three takeaways from this week's episode. But most of all, I think be nice to yourself. Yeah, don't forget to encourage each other too. It's so important to know that there's people in your corner. We understand and you're cared for. And that's really important. We're in your corner because we we do it. We we're there because heaven forbid 
you know, gosh, we've done it. We're, we're brain foggy. Foggy, yes, foggy. We are. I'm foggy right Often. now. I know, me too. <laughs> yes. Uh, why do you think we ramble so much? I know. <laughs> yeah, compliments of brain fog. <laughs> But yeah, so those that's, that's it for, I think this week's episode guys. And we, again, want to thank you all for listening and uh, we've got some exciting episodes coming up. And like we said, we've got some guests and we're looking forward to promoting them and talk and having them talk to you guys. So we're really excited and we're so grateful for, for all of you that are listening. Most definitely. We'll chat again next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.